Welcome to episode 9 of the Three Amigos FPL show. This week we are focusing on helping all the wildcarders out there, planning for the blanks and doubles to come, as well, of course, of looking at the Game Week 32 fixtures and beyond. I'm your host, FPL Marple, and alongside me, as always, are my amigos Mars and Dale. Tonight we're joined by Honorary Amigo, the FPL coach. And so tell us, coach, you're very welcome back on the Three Amigos show, and uh, tell us how was Game Week 31 and how is the season progressing since we last spoke? Hi, Donica. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again. Um, well, Game Week 31 was one to forget for me a little bit, really. Um, well, no, having said that, I, I actually put together quite a good team. Um, I decided to max out and try and get as many players as possible. So I actually had 10 players going into it. Um, and I was set up quite nicely. And then I think about half an hour before the deadline, I had a masterstroke move to think, do you know what? Let's move the captaincy off Salah and put it on Stanislas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, was, what, I, I was wondering if I wasn't 100% sure, but I had a feeling that you were one of those people that I saw the picture coming up of. Um, I think I've made a big mistake. And this was before Stanislas, Stanislas scored. And, um, Correct. And, yeah, yeah. So and then when after he scored, that, was then everyone pleased. was on vindication. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I was quite pleased. And then what? Two minutes into the Liverpool game, it was like instant regret. Well, and I, I thought, <laughs> you know, if, if if perhaps perhaps Watford have held out for the first half an hour or so, um, and then Salah had scored, then he may not have gone on to do exactly what he did. I mean, I I didn't even watch the game. I was out that night, so I didn't even see any of it. But um, you know, just watching the scores come through on my phone, I was I was just devastated. But at oh. the end of the day, I still actually managed to score a ninety-three which is decent and is actually probably about 20 points higher good, than yeah. half of half my mini league that are in front that are above me. But it just, it's just what might have been, isn't it? Having not captain Salah when I definitely should have captain Salah, especially oh, yeah. when I've done it so many times this season as well. Yeah, that would have been, um, that would have been a fantastic game week. I mean, I finished in 82 with captain Salah. And now I only had, um, I think I had nine going into the game week, but three of them only started from the bench and they didn't do anything. You know, Salah saved the game week for me, but, um, 93 is a great score with, without Salah as captain. Yeah, I hate that. So That's one thing I've avoided this season. And as much as the season's been bad, um, I have avoided doing the late captaincy changes. I've kind of just said it at the start of the week and I've left it and it generally has worked out all right. Um, and definitely what I would have thought to change it to hasn't worked out. So, um, so yeah, no, all good. But um, Dale is going to be with us shortly. He's just finishing up work. So um, I'll switch over to Marzi. Marzi, how was Game Week 31 for yourself? Tell me all about it. Yeah, uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I ended up with 90 points. Uh, I actually had uh, 11 players. So And I captain Salah. So 93 is not bad with 10 players. Um, apart from the Liverpool boys, to be honest, <laughs> the rest were nothing. So... Uh, I'm glad I didn't use my free hit. I, I just I basically planned my team all the way through, as I mentioned on the last pod. And um, the planning actually worked against me in a way because I would have brought Stanislas in if I could. Um, but I had playing midfielders all the way, so there wasn't I wasn't going to take any of them out to bring in Stanislas. So uh, yeah, it, it was all right. I was happy. I was happy with the score. 
Oh, well, once you're happy, I'm happy, Marzi. Um, <laughs> lads, I uh, want to actually give a shout out to the listeners just to let them know about the Getting to Know You podcast. Um, I'm sure a lot of, most of them will know all about them, but most recent of which um, went out at the weekend and that features Sam Al-Masri who, and Alex Ball, who you all know, of course, as at OzFPL and at Alex Waterbaby. Um, they're not game week specific, so they can be enjoyed anytime. So um, stay tuned, listeners, for a new episode of it to drop over the next couple of days. Um, let's move on to section number one, which is, of course, Mars's talking point of the week. Um, it's a week. It's a point we look forward to each um, podcast when Mars tells us what what has grabbed his attention from the past game week or possibly what he saw at the lunch counter at work. <laughs> well, th- there's a couple this week. So first one is bad boys, bad boys. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when they come for you? I mean, listen, cities is already scared about us doing flares and complaining. I mean, all, all they've done basically is uh, rile the Liverpool fans even more. I mean, look, City have fans that have been there even in the second division, so all my respect to them. But uh, if you look at the... If we compare atmospheres between uh, City and, and Anfield, you know, they had an Anfield. You can't really compare the two. But at the end of the day, what's going to, what's going to matter most is uh, what happens on the pitch. Right, so um, let's see what yeah. happens. But I, I think it's a bit, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Really, it is. But uh, I'm, I, I'll ignore all that noise. I'm looking forward to a great, uh, great fixture. Should be brilliant. It's going to be um, a great fixture. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, it reminds me of the, um, the days when Liverpool versus Chelsea was the big one, of course, in the Champions League, and we were kept on coming up against each other. Um, if, if we both keep on going as we are, then I can see that happening for a few years to come. That Liverpool and City could keep on coming up against each other. Um, and it should be great. Play both teams, of course, play brilliant football. So that's that's Absolutely, look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cut out the nonsense, is not it, Mersey? Exactly, exactly. Um, and then uh, the second talking point: everything's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be all right. No fixtures, no cry. No fixtures, oh. no cry. <laughs> Say, I remember when FBL managers had a January wild card. We waited for transfers on January 31st at midnight. No fixtures, no cry. Everything's going to be all right. Can we stop stressing about the fixtures now? Like, they're going to come out soon, yeah? So just chill, relax, and enjoy the break. <laughs> I saw that poem. I saw the poem, Mars, earlier on on Twitter, and I was going, I can just, uh, he's, he's going to say that on the podcast. Thought, Did you have a go at doing the poem of the day? I didn't have a go at a poem, I'm afraid, no, but I did have a bit of a chuckle reading through some of them. Some of them, uh, we've got some very good good uh, writers, a bit of talent knocking around in the poetry corner, I think. One of them's on this podcast, Witcher, and the other one, um, yeah, let's let's just say, we won't say more about Marzi's effort. But, um, but I'm just, gla- I'm funny, just so. having read what Dale just put on Twitter, I'm just glad he's not the one singing. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not a song as such, Mars. You know, I was going to go with the Venga Boys, boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. You know the, you know that song. But um, but I changed, I changed it around because at the end of the day, it's poetry, not not singing. But uh, well, you'll try I'm to spe- sing anything as, as we found. Yeah, you'll try to sing anything at all, even recipes. Yeah. You should go on Dale's show actually and sing his recipe for him as he's doing it. Um, could be an idea, <laughs> Dale. Um, Laz, we'll move on quickly to the community topics. Um, and this is where we, of course, discuss all of the t- big talking points in the Twitter and Reddit communities. 
Um, the one thing on everyone's mind right now is, of course, wild cards. And with blank game week 31 out of the way and the, blank, and the game week 35 blanks confirmed, um, the final stretch is a little bit clearer to see. Um, of course, we'll have to wait and see when those doubles, exactly when those doubles will be confirmed um, later on in the week, hopefully. Um, but just to give a quick rundown of the teams with doubles and without doubles. Basically, we have Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester, Man U, Southampton and Spurs, who all have two doubles and all blank in game week 35. Then we have Arsenal, Bournemouth, Burnley, Huddersfield, Man City, Newcastle, Swansea and West Ham, all which have one double. Um, of those, Huddersfield and Bournemouth, or both of them will blank in game week 35. And the following teams don't have any doubles at all or blanks. That's Liverpool, Everton, Palace, Stoke, West Brom and Watford. Um, first of all, lads, let's look at the teams from that bottom group. So those without any doubles. Um, for those wildcarding this week, of course, everyone is trying to basically set up their team as best they can for the closing stages. Um, from those teams without any doubles, who are you planning? I'll come to you, coach, first on it. Who are you planning on keeping, keeping in that wildcard team or kind of planning to get into your team in the next couple of game weeks? We'll obviously leave Liverpool out of the grouping because um, they they obviously merit Salah, even Firmino, we'll talk about later on. But um, Salah is obviously somebody that double game week or no double game week, he's going to be staying in everyone's team. Uh, yeah, so um, I don't actually fall into that category. So I've already used my, my wild card. Um, so personally, I'm, I'm stuck with a few of the, uh, let's say, the Deadwood players that are... Uh, that most others are fortunate the blank, to be yeah. able to get rid of, yeah. Um, but looking at going forward, basically, I'm I'm looking to transfer as many of them out as possible. Um, so I'm willing to take a minus four hit per week to try and get more double game week players in ready for game week 34. Um, like you say, the exception is Liverpool, really. Um, I'm happy Liverpool play Bournemouth at home in game week 34, and I think they could easily score as many if not more points than some of the double game week players so I think I'm still going to be carrying three Liverpool players into game week 34 um, but then whether I'll still have one or two knocking around I'm not entirely sure um, from the other teams but they won't really be wanted uh, and if you've got a wild card then I really think you should be prioritising the uh, moving towards double game weekers, which seems already like the tactic. We've seen a lot of people on Twitter sharing their teams and it seems like it's the tactic that people are going with. Yeah, it is. Um, how about yourself, Mars? Is there anyone from them teams, you know, from Everton, Palace, Stoke, West Brom, Watford, um, who you think is worthy of either keeping around or getting into your team? Uh, honestly, uh, as I have a wild card and a free hit, no. I, I'm not looking at any of those players. If I yeah. didn't have a wild card or a free hit, just like coach, I would consider some of those players. But because I do, I'm not looking at any of those players. Um, lads, let's move on to the next group of teams, which is, of course, the ones who have one double game week. Marzi, I'll come to you first on this one. Arsenal, Bournemouth, Burnley, Huddersfield, Man City, Newcastle, Swansea, West Ham. So in your wild card, looking at it now, how many players are we looking at from that group? So let's go through uh, per team, yeah. So Arsenal is a team that I'm definitely looking at. Need to be careful with the rotation with Europa, but uh, <clears throat> Boomerang is definitely somebody who's already in my wildcard team. Brought him in to catch any price rises, which I did 
couple. Uh, he had he had a couple already, and most likely he will stay. They've got good fixtures. He doesn't play in Europa. Um, he's got he's got a double. So so why not? Uh, then if I look at, at the others, uh, Burnley probably uh, a defender, um, and maybe maybe uh, one, one of their strikers like Barnes. If if I decide to go three five two, with a good um, third striker that would sit. Uh, if I decide to bench boost on in game week 34, it really depends on the fixtures and and how it all pans out. Um, <clears throat> other options uh, you've got uh, Swansea and Newcastle. I think they have uh, some really good options in there. Again, for uh, fillers of your for your wildcard, so Fabianski could be a great second keeper uh, or first, depending if, if you want to go if you want to go with two cheap keepers. I've seen some wildcard teams like that. Uh, even their defenders, you know, for, uh, Norton, uh, Norton uh, Van der Horn, he's quite cheap. Um, you know, Swansea are quite quite strong and, and good at home, and these guys can also get some goals. Um, I probably wouldn't spend the money on Mawson just because I think it's it's a bit too much when you can have uh, um, Norton or Van der Horn for about 0.7 or 0.6 uh, less than him. Um in the midfield, you can go with Key or even Klukas, really. Or I've seen uh, King as well. He's quite cheap, 4.2. Why not as a fifth midfielder? He's playing regularly. Um, Newcastle is a team that interests me. Uh, I really like... Uh, so their fixtures are not too bad, especially in... Th- the way I'm looking at it is between 32 up to 34. Uh, I'm not even thinking about 35 because I'm free-hitting, so I don't even look at that. And then it's it's after that. And then between 35 to 37, I have another two free transfers to do. So depending on when the fix, how the fixtures come out, if Newcastle have got a double game week fixture in 34, then I'm, I'm looking at one, potentially um, two players. So I've, um, I'm looking at Dummett or Lesser Lesser at the back and Kennedy. Kennedy really interests me. I really like him. Um, and they, they've got Huddersfield in game week 32 um, at home. That could be a good fixture. Newcastle still not 100% safe, so I can see them capitalising on that. Uh, so Newcastle and Bournemouth could have the double game week fixtures either in 34 or 37. If Bournemouth have the double game week game week fixture in 34, then uh, some people who ha- who don't have a wild card and have some of their players f- from the free hit or from the game week 31 absolutely keep them. So I'm looking at Stanislas, obviously. Uh, maybe a defender, even though Bournemouth are pretty awful. I might just stick with just Stanislas, to be honest. Um, I'll probably stay away from Wilson. He, he, he's joining the Troy Deeney club of players that I don't like now. Um, <laughs> King, King seems to be injured or not playing. Then uh, then I'll probably, what I'll do is, whichever team plays first, the, uh, then I'll swap their players for the 37, or depending on who I need in my, in my team. I mean, West Ham are in trouble. There's no two ways of looking at it. They are in trouble. Uh, I'm definitely staying away from their defenders um, and keepers. I, I don't like any of them. But I definitely like uh, Arnie. And they've got... Um, I think uh, I saw a tweet from Fly, who may, which makes sense, basically saying they're playing Southampton, who have got an eye on the cup. He's playing his old team, Stoke. And then they've got Chelsea as well. It's a derby. And West Ham have already beaten Chelsea this season. So, and you know, Arnie is their main player. City are the ones that I'm watching at the moment and potentially staying away just because they've got, um, you know, you've got the Champions League, you've got um, the derby, and I just, I don't know who's going to play. Um, what I might do is watch them and then see what happens in 37, uh, for, for game week 37, and bring some of their players in then. 
Good stuff. Thanks a million, Mars. Um, Dale, welcome to the show. You're you're uh, you were late home from work, but um, thanks a million for joining us. Yeah, tell us quickly. Give us your uh, game week thirty one recap, and um, and I'll move on to asking you. You can tell us your uh, your analysis of the double doubles as we're calling them for um, for the wildcard planners. Um, in a nutshell, I think Captain Salah, so it's not worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, may as well leave it at that. But uh, yeah. and uh, t- tell us where we've talked about there. We've talked about there with um, the teams who have no doubles, the teams who have one double. And now we're going to move on to the teams who have two doubles, um, and all of which, of which, of course, will blank in game week 35. That's Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester, Man U, Southampton, and Spurs. How many players do you think really should should people be concentrating on getting in as many of these players at these um, teams as possible? Like even even if they're Brighton or Chelsea who aren't in great form. Um, what's your thoughts on this? So yeah, the the, the I wouldn't like. Totally. I want if I was wildcarded, I wouldn't put like 15, a squad of 15, just because of the sake of one extra game. Because you know you you've seen players like Salah can outscore someone who's probably got three or four games. To be honest, let's be honest. Um, so I wouldn't over focus on it. I'd be, I'd, uh, be putting the best team I could together. I'm probably gonna have about 12, and I'm not on a wildcard. So you know, um, just because we've got one extra game, yeah, it's great. But you know. It's, they might only score one extra point. So there's no point in gimping your team for the sake of one extra game. Like I say, I'm looking about 12. So if I was wildcarding, I'd probably be looking about 12, 13. Um, obviously, you've got to have Salah or you've got to have some Liverpool representation because Liverpool's fixtures are pretty good. One thing is, like, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking Mares. Vardy is obviously... Um, a very popular choice. People, you know, looking for their long-term Kane replacement with two doubles. He's he's looking like um he could even be a good triple captain option down the line a little bit for one of the double game weeks. Like, what's your thoughts on say Mares or even the Man United options? Are you have you any notion of looking at Sanchez, for example, or um, Sanchez? No, you know? not at all. Um, I've I have got Man United options. I'm considering a couple of things with Man United. I definitely want De Gea. I mean, I've seen that goalkeeper uh, graphic on Twitter today, but I didn't really agree with it. Just Sam De Gea, his clean sheet's guaranteed. You know, you look at his points per game, it's it's like, is it about 4.9 per game? You know, that's he's, he's up there with the best keepers in the, in the game, you know, when it comes to that. Um, I'm also looking at, uh, is it, how do you say it, ba- ba- Bailey? Bailey? I don't know how you say it. The, the yeah, African defender they've got. Oh, bye. Um, oh, bye. Oh, yeah. Bye, that's it, yeah. I'm looking at him. Um and I'm also looking at Rashford, you know. Um everyone's like, Oh, but you've got to be wary of the rotation, but I'm sure I saw like a tweet the other day saying that it's it actually played the most games under Mourinho of, of any player. Um so I'm looking at him. Um Mares, he's an interesting one. Now I won't I'm not signing players because they've got a double double. At the end of the day, right, they've either got eight games or they've got seven. I'm, I'm not looking at it like that. I mean, if you've got chips, then yeah, you probably are looking at it like that. But I've only got bench boost, which I'm probably going to use in 34. Um, but this is like the danger of over-focusing on a player because he's got two double game weeks, but he's, he's still got eight fixtures, you know. So you've got to, I'll, I look at it like that rather than a double-double. On Mares, um, he wants that big move. Yeah, I think he keeps playing until the end of the season. I think Leicester have probably going to stop playing a bit because the 
they're not going to get relegated and they're probably not going to get any much higher than they are. Um, I think they're the ninth. Um, yeah, they're around about there, a, yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to do much more, but they're not going to go down. But Mares will keep playing because he wants that move. So he probably makes Vardy a good option as well because he wants that World Cup Beth. Yeah, I know it'll be interesting to see what um, what Mares and Vardy do because um, I definitely see a lot of people getting them in. Um, tell us, coach, what's your thoughts on this group? Um, are you are you planning on on maxing out on on the group of double doubles? I'm definitely focusing my attention more towards those guys, especially because I don't have the wild card, so I'll be working towards getting some double game week guys in in 34, but focusing more on the ones that have the ones in 37 as well. Um, I'll be I'm well, it depends about the Jones situation for me, but ideally I'd like Phil Jones back in my team, so so I'd have so I could have a double United defence. Um, that that did me quite well. Um, a few weeks ago when most people just had De Gea or Jones. I had only a one, whereas the differential for me was having a double up on United defence. My biggest concern, especially around the, if we call them double doubles, um, is the concern around pointless fixtures. So the the, the old cliche of teams being on the beach and nothing to play for, and that's going to be potentially very apparent in game week 37. So there's there's that chance that some teams just aren't going to bother and, and not going to turn up in the way that, that they made it earlier on in the season and then obviously 37 um, comes not long after the FA it's, it's around the FA Cup fixtures as well so is there going to be some rotation around there maybe some teams in Europe still as well so there may be some rotation again um, so it's just something else that I've got my eye on but but as a, as a general rule I would say yes, especially for like I'm, I'm aiming for teams that are going to have a double game week in 37 because I haven't really got the capacity to get a maximum to max out my team for game week 34. But I'll be in I'll be in a very similar situation to Dale in that respect. I'll be looking to get 12 players or so in in by 37 that will have a double yeah. game week. With us, with who have burnt our wild card, we are kind of having to plan for a game week or a period of games and you kind of have to take a couple of hits or you need to sacrifice a little bit at some point in between um yeah but, um, i've been, I've been I, planning for this since like game week 26 so yeah. you know let's hope you have an absolute whopper of a game week and you won't have any excuses anyway uh, I've had, I've, <laughs> i had a bamian before it was cool you did, yeah. You made him cool, sure. But um, you made actually a very good point there was was um, to do with the looking at it as, you know, they've all got eight games left. And if you look at them, they've eight games left. The ones that have doubles, they've like if you looked at it as being a percentage of how much extra playing time they have, you know, it's not worth, you know, at this point of the season, if you're doing, if you're making your changes now or you're wildcarding right now, you do have to look at the amount extra they have as a kind of percentage. And because you're planning on keeping them around for those double game weeks and riding them out to the blank game weeks, presuming you don't have a free hit chip like like our genius Mars there, is that it is only one extra game and there's no guarantee they won't all do a Gabby Udini on it. We'll move on to our listeners' questions. We've got a ton of them this week, so we want to spend a little bit of time at them. Um, first up, I'm going to come to you, Coach, on this one, is we're talking triple captains. 
Is it a must to triple captain on a double game week, given Salah has shown that he only needs a single to wipe the floor with everyone else? Uh, Mark at underscore M Bison 22 and John Grifters at Grifters United was asking about this. And John added his thoughts re Vardy in game week 37 as a possible triple captain option. But are there any other fixture or player combos coming up that you like the look of, coach? Um, so... Yes, is the answer to that. Um, I think because, like I already said before, is that um, I, I focused a lot of attention on game week 31 with the, the intent, having the intention of having nine to ten double game week players in 34. So I'm actually going to triple captain in 34. Um, and my secret weapon, which is not so secret anymore, Aubameyang, because everyone seems to have him in their team since uh, Harry Kane got injured, Newcastle and Leicester away in game week 34. And I'm in a position where I'm in, I'm part of the chasing pack anyway. So it was going to be a bit of a differential captain for me that week. Not quite as much of a differential captain as Stanislas this week. Um, but I thought, you know, that was a good opportunity to get some ground back. Um, so, you know, that's, that's definitely an option. That's the one I'm going with. I can absolutely understand where people are coming from when they say, obviously, Salah hit whatever he did this week, 29 points um, in, in one game week. But it's so hard to predict a score like that. They, they come so few and far between. And personally, I would always look to focus on the, the potential of two games over one game, especially for, for one of my precious chips. Um, it's, all, it's all well and good saying that he scored well in, in a single game week, but it's all good in, in hindsight. But we've, we've also got great examples of double game week players hitting mega scores, like when we had uh, the, the game week where Aguero and Sanchez um, both hit, you know, 25 plus points. So it, it, yeah. for me, I, I think that, that you, there's arguments for both ways, but I personally, I like the potential of having more points from two games over, over just a single Um I think in terms of players, probably we've already mentioned Vardy as a triple captain option, but then obviously um, there's the potential that Kane may be back by by that sort of time, game week 37. So both of those could be excellent options if you are looking to triple captain in 37, which is where I've seen most people go. Um, But for me personally, because I don't have the wild card, I'm aiming to get nine or ten double game week players in for 34, uh, free hit in 35, and then max out as many double game week players in 37. I may even look to ditch um, Salah. Uh, da, da, da. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because there's only there'll only be two games left at that point, and so why not take a gamble on on someone who does have a good double game week? Maybe bring in like Ericsson or someone like that, just to just to shake things yeah. up a little bit. Fortune's fortune favors the brave coach, or um, it kicks you in the arse. We'll see. We'll see which one that does when you do it. Um, thanks a million. Um, listen, Dale. We'll move on to the next one, which is we got a bunch of requests to name one or two must-own players from each position for the next few game weeks. Now we're leaving out Salah, obviously, out of this because um, even the coach there, when he was being really brave, was talking about doing it in game week 37. So, uh, but um, listen, leave him out of the equation and give us a couple of players from each position that you really like for the next couple of game weeks. Um, those questions are coming to us from uh, Mr. Walker Porter and Planner at FPL underscore Planner and John L. Thompson, so at John Ingrish. I have already mentioned a couple already, but De Gea for goalkeeper most definitely. Um, that, that needs no explanation. Uh, Fabianski 
for the budget keepers. Um, gets a lot of saves. Lappy, Lappy fixed, you, I think. Yeah, he gets a lot of saves, but I mean his fixtures aren't the best. I mean Man United next, then West Brom, Everton, possible clean sheets there. But then they've got City and Chelsea. So yeah, so yeah, defenders. Um, you're looking at United defense most definitely. Burnley defense looks pretty sweet as well because their fixtures are good. Whether you go with Ben Mee or uh, it was the everyone seems to have or you go for one of the fullbacks like uh, is it Tarkowski and uh, what was the other lad is it Ward Stephen Ward Lawton as well Lawton yeah that's the one Um, so you know there's a few to pick from there you could even argue for their keepers to be fair as well but again you don't know if it's going to be Pope or if it's going to be Heaton Uh, midfield is where it's tasty for me Um, I've seen a lot of people not wanting to get uh, Son in right now because of his fixtures but do you know what I actually really even though they're playing Chelsea I actually really like that fixture I think Chelsea are horrid at the minute the Cats keep a clean sheet and we all remember this time last year when Son uh, replaced Kane because he did his ankle and was absolutely on fire so I'm getting Son now I will say that Um, you've got Mares who we've mentioned um, I don't really fancy Sanchez at all. Um, Arsenal, I, I, I want um, Ramsey to see whether he's going to get back in the team. He seems to be wrestling for the Europa League, which is a pain. But if he's going to get a run of fixtures, then he's, he's a nice little differential to have. Uh, and obviously Salah, I don't need to talk about him. Um, strikers, strikers is an hard one. I mean, Aubameyang would mentioned... Um, Strikers is a really hard one. I'm probably going the other way to everyone else. All the wild cards I've seen on Twitter, I've got the big three up front and it's Aubameyang, Lukaku and I don't know, Firmino. It's, it's, you, it's yeah. those three or a variation with like another big here. And I'm probably going to go the other way. I'm going to get, I'm keeping Aubameyang, but I've got Chris Wood and I'm probably going to sell Firmino for someone either like Rashford or maybe even Charlie Austin. I really like Charlie Austin. Um, Southampton's fixtures aren't great, but they've just got Mark Hughes in as manager. Oh, by the way, I think he's an absolute fraud. But um, is it's a new manager effect, and it, you know it's, it's a it, Charlie Austin can score against anyone. We all remember that season he had for QPR; it was insane. Um, so yeah, it's he's like I think he's five point eight million. Like someone like that would be. It's, it gives you. Um, more funds to put it elsewhere. So yeah, I'd be strikers wise. I'd be looking at differentials. I won't be going a big free, but each to their own. Yeah, I like it, Dale. Um, the uh, I have that front three, but um, I've I don't know. I just like the look of it, and I've I think <laughs> when I was so, I saw I saw Mooney and I saw um, Wilson sitting there beside Firmino for the last two game weeks. So um, I think I just want to spice up spice it, up it my life sexy. a little bit. It is sexy. Having that front three is absolutely sexy. I had the big front three early on in the season. I had Kane, Aguero, and I think it was Morata. I'm sure it was those three. But I had a big front three anyway. And, you know, it is sexy, but I, the most success I've had this season is when I've gone massive in midfield, and that's what I'm going to do for the final stretch of games. I think yeah. the, important, the important thing here is that you have to, especially if you're bench boosting, you need to balance your team out. 
right? Yeah, that's a it. lot of the time, if- a lot of the times that I'm that what I've seen and what I've done is we go big and then you you have bench boost that gets you about six points, eight points if you're lucky. What I'm trying to do different this time is spread spread the love around the team. If I go Lukaku, Firmino, and uh, Boomerang and swap Firmino, let's say in the double game week, I'm really really um, affecting my defense. And I'm not saying spend too much. I would love to see what your defense looks like, Don, with the three, with those three up front, or your midfield, because somewhere you have to cut to cut uh, the budget. At some yeah, and where, and where I am, lads, I'll tell you. I have in defense. I have Valencia, Nocton, Lascelles, De Gea in goal. I have Zaha, Son, Salah in midfield with uh, Van Lepara and Chamberlain. Don't ask me about the Ox, but um, he's there. Yeah. But um, okay, that's so, kind of how well I cut my cloth, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've got you've got uh, two big midfielders and the other three are... Well, Zaha's cheap and the other two, let's not discuss them too much. So that, and that's my point. What Dale was saying is absolutely right. I think, the mon- I think the goals and the money and the difference is in the midfield. My only issue at the moment is I'm seeing everybody has the same midfield. And I, it... it, it it's, it's not a surprise because the, the big teams have got the most amazing midfielders. So it's it's all about a balance. It's, it's, it's really going to be a, a balancing act. And who, where do you want to spread the money? And definitely the front three is an option the, that you mentioned. Lukaku, uh, Aubameyang and um, for me, you know, whoever you go with. Or I think what you said there as well, Maz. Oh, I, th- I, th- I think what you said there is, is really good because it depends. If you're saying everyone's got the same team, then we're just going to have a template team and no one's going to go anywhere. So you need to you need to find this difference as well. You know, so if we've all got the same front three, then you're not going to get any advantage from that unless you captain a different one than, than everyone else does. But you know, the, it, it's not what the game's about, is it? It's trying to get one over on your mates and, and pick out that that player that might pick out, you know, that might score the big points that other people hadn't perhaps anticipated and that's why we're the guys who listen to podcasts like this and, and go on podcasts like this and, and have such a passion for the game because we're the ones trying to chase that that different player who can get us that one-off big score you know and and yeah. for me there's there's no fun in having that template team and, and having everyone the same as everyone else so yeah I think I think it's great to go for a player like Charlie Austin Maybe not Charlie Austin himself, but a player like Charlie Austin. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we'll move on to Firmino. Marzi, coming to you on this. Um, Joseph Allegretti at J. Allegretti was talking about Bobby Firmino and he was asking how long can he be kept without a double game week? Uh, Ryan Hobbs at FBL Hobbs was also wondering about um, possibly getting in Vardy for Firmino and FBLJ at FBLJ was also potentially looking at Lukaku and wondering if he is worthy of all the wildcard hype. So um, what's your thoughts on Firmino as uh, a potentially undroppable player at his price tag? Look, we mentioned Lukaku Liverpool already, and the, the attack is one of the best. Uh, if you look at the fixtures, they've got uh, Palace um, away, which is <laughs> really one of the dodgiest fixtures for Liverpool. I've seen a lot of captains on Salah. I can understand why, but I might be going somewhere different just because I'm scared of Palace. Um, then you've got uh, Everton, so big derby. Then Bournemouth at home in, in uh, double game week 34. So, looking at this, um, I think uh, you could make a case for removing Firmino and getting somebody like Vardy or Lukaku or a double game week player. If Or what you could also do, which is what I'm thinking about doing, is keeping Firmino until the double game week and then taking him out. 
Um, we also have to remember that between the derby and the double game week, there's the big Champions League game. So is, is Klopp going to rotate? I hope not, but he's done it before. So we need to watch that out for that for, for Firmino, um, Liverpool players and um, City players. So Brilliant. is Firmino droppable? Yes. I like it. Thanks, Maris. Uh, next question up, coach, is Man United, Chelsea and Son. I've lumped them together, so there's like a, a triple triple header of questions for you. Um, Kev Sears at Kev Sears is thinking that the strength of Man United is in their defence, and therefore he's wondering, is double Man United defenders a bad idea? I know it's something you were keen on. Or should, should someone like Rashford be included in the conversation? And also Prashant at FPL underscore Prashant was asking, is um, Asby a stick or twist player? And if he is a twist, who should actually come in for him? Um, he already has Robbo. Um, last little bit of the questions is from Prashant. And he was asking um, himself and Stephen Toomey were asking whether Son is a must-own player for, um, for the foreseeable. We've kind of touched on him a little bit, but I'll get your thoughts now. Uh, Rashford definitely, you know, um, I saw the same um, stats that Dale was talking about earlier on. Uh, yeah, apparently Rashford has, ha- has had more minutes under Mourinho than any other United player. I was pretty astounded by that, to be honest. But um, I think he's still, he's definitely a rotation risk and I think Mourinho likes to protect him. But, you know, the the data is there to say that he's he's been selected by Mourinho more time than than any other player, so that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, and, and agreed with the with the United double defence. Um, if the only thing at the moment is which players are absolutely nailed on, it's a shame that Ashley Young is obviously classified as a midfielder, so it pretty much rules him out of the scenario. Um, and then you don't know which of the players are actually going to definitely play. Um, Phil Jones. For me, when he was playing, was was a strong, reliable pick for a good price as well. Smalling's in there now, Bailly's in there, but we just don't know when Jones is back, whether he goes straight back in the team or, or what. So we, I don't really know, to be honest. Valencia was obviously a very reliable pick, but if you're having him and De Gea, that's a big outlay on two United defenders, I, I'd say. Um, in terms of Chelsea, um, I think they've looked a bit better the last couple of games, but Sticking with a defender, the only thing we're sticking with a defender is that um, with Chelsea in particular, is that their prices have gone up. So a player like Aspilicueta or Alonso, um, if you're if if you're not planning on getting them back later on, then absolutely you can get rid of them. They're, they're you know that's I would say that their time's come, especially with the next couple two three weeks fixtures. But if you want them back for those double game weeks, then I'd definitely hold on to them. Um, you got Giroud and Morata up front, so that's a bit of competition there. So you don't know who's going to play out of those two. And then obviously, I've seen a lot of teams already with William in, and Williams a great pick. He's good value, so I think I think he's a decent player, um, and I think he's one that that a lot of people will be considering. Um, and then Spurs, well, well, Son, um, but I suppose you could class Ericsson and Ali in there as well. But um, I'd, I'd say that Son's the most explosive and the most exciting pick. Ericsson's a bit more reliable. Ali's a big game player. But um, I think with those guys, there's perhaps the potential of a lot of rotation as well. Um, there's, I mean, all three... Uh, all three of those teams are still in the FA Cup as well, so I'm expecting some rotation around there as well. But um, yeah, in terms in terms of defence, I'd, I'd 
say, yeah, these teams are all they're all viable. Yeah, I would I would agree. Sound its pound, coach. Next question, Mars, is strategy. So um, we're talking wild card, no free hit. So um, if people with wild cards but no free hit chips, um, what is the best strategy for those without the free hit? Um, Jazze Van Emma was asking if they say they're the wild card activated. They're trying to reap some price rises. Um, now that's one of those debatable ones whether or not price rises are majorly worth it, worth it, especially if you're trying to play the stock market. But um, Tell Jesse any kind of strategy advice for those without the free hit. Yeah, you need to focus on teams that are, that have got a double game week and then play in 35. So you're looking at teams like Arsenal, City, uh, Burnley, Newcastle, Swansea, West Ham. That's not a bad bunch. So what you need to do from now with, with your wildcard is get players from these teams because they then you have up until 35 without the free hit. Um, and then you can plan after that to to the second double game week. Um, Dale, next up is strategy. So um, with neither a wild card or a free hit chip. So um, I gave this question to you because I know you're in this boat. Um, Sniper at Frank Walsh 82 was asking, who would be your top four players to bring in before double game week 34? So in any position. So um, similarly kind of question to what you were giving earlier on, you probably gave your top four from your list that you gave us with uh, your favourite players by position. But um, if you had four transfers to go for, who would you be prioritising? Uh, De Gea, Son, Mares, and Aubameyang. Good stuff. And Steve, Stephen Toomey asked six goal was, um, he was asking how many double game weeks to field, um, in double game week 34. So, um, how many are you thinking you're going to have for 34 or have you worked that out yet? Are you, have you any? Um, I could have 12 without taking a hit. So I probably, I'm definitely going to have 12. Now I, I can take a hit and get a full 15 and use my bench boost, but I'm just debating whether that's even worth it. Yeah, so, so we'll see. Thanks, Milldale. Um, Mars, move on to another strategy question. So, um, so those with with the free headship, so um, rich people like yourself, Ricky Saunders at Ricky Saunders seventy seven. In addition to asking Re Firmino and Lukaku, which we answered earlier, he has his wildcard active right now and still has his free headship. Um, his he what well, his question is basically: Do you go with three top strikers or five top mids? So, um continuation kind of what we were we were talking about earlier on in terms of the uh, prioritizing where to put the cash yeah I think you know I said it before it's all about the balance it depends what you classify as three top strikers do you classify Vardy as a top striker because for me he is but he's actually cheaper than Lukaku cheaper than Firmino he's the cheapest out of the top so you can still have two premium strikers plus Vardy who's a really good striker and have balance across your team uh, I I've said it before. Midfield is where the goal, you know, the goals, the the where the game could be won, actually, or the the game we can be won. Uh, there's a lot of good midfielders, so I'm planning. I'm between three four three or three five two. Um, if I go three five two, then my third uh, forward will probably be a cheaper forward, so I can spend more money in midfield. If I go three four three, then uh, my third forward will be more like a Vardy uh, versus a Barnes, for example. So I think um, that's that's the best way of looking at it, the balance across your team. 
Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Mars. Uh, Coach, actually, the next question is kind of a bit of a follow-on to what Mars mentioned there in terms of um, formations. Um, Stephen T was wondering about them. He was wondering which which formation to go for, um, considering the injuries and form like to uh, key players like Kane and so on. Um, and also Richard Skeen, At Jones, some pundit, and Roop Kiran, 16, are frustrated by the uncertainty in these um, remaining game weeks. Um, so Rubikin was wondering if the blanks are shunted to 37, does 34 then become triple captain material? Um, now I know you mentioned this earlier on. I do believe. Did you say you're kind of considering Aubameyang for game week 34 um, as your triple captain? And also, like, what formation do you think you'll be kind of going with for the uh, for the foreseeable? Um, yeah. So yeah, it looks to me personally as though I will be using Aubameyang as my triple captain. In 34 to then max out and bench boost in 37. That's my that's my tactic. Um, I mean, I, I personally I've I've always been a fan of 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. Um, I mix between the two at different points in the season. Um, I usually do it based on finding a fifth midfielder that I think adds excellent value. Um, a player a player that um, I've got my eye on at the moment. Um, he's only got the one double game week at himself but uh Kennedy for Newcastle he's, he's looked decent the last few weeks and you know he could be the kind of player I think he's 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 under five million and he was at 4.7 million last time I looked but he, but he might have gone up since then um but he he's definitely a player who could make that fifth midfielder um and have a double game week and, and get potentially good points um and and negate the need for for a third striker it might be the route that I go down because um for my personal team, because I've, I've got Mounier, who's going to have that double game week potentially in 37. That's what I'm expecting. So I may keep him in my team around, and then um, I'll have him as as a double game week player going forward into into 37 already in my team, so I don't have to um, worry about that position. That's already taken care of, ready for a double game week down the line. Um, but yeah, I think I think personally, I'd I'd stick with three four three or three five two. Um, and because although obviously you get a clean sheet, you get six points for a clean sheet for for a defender or a goalkeeper. I think that the potential of attacking points is better um, than than relying on on defenders. And also as well, something that I have noticed is that normally in in the Premier League, big teams have a strong finish. So from Christmas onwards. Like the the top teams at the top four, like the at the top of the table, they tend to tighten up at the back and and get more defensive and and not concede as many goals towards the end of the season. But that hasn't seemed to be that doesn't really seem to be happening this season. So I don't necessarily think there's as much value in defence in some of these teams as there has been other years. I don't know if you're mm. saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But the the other thing, what you said is absolutely right. By the way. We're lucky that there is four teams still fighting for fighting for three spots, right? And that's lucky for us. You got Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, uh, and United. If we can't Arsenal out, fighting for those spots, and they will keep going until the end because I think it's going to go all the way to the wire. Yeah, true. Um, thanks a million. Thanks, uh, Marzan. Thanks, Coach. Um, Marzi, next question up is to do with rotation. So, uh, John L. Thompson and John Ingrabit, his second question from him was asking 
for our thoughts on rotation in the Premier League for Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, quickly, do you think he should include Mkhitaryan, Monreal, Firmino, Robertson and so on in our wildcards? I'd imagine uh, Van Dijk will be included in that as well. If you, if you have the wild card, then Robertson and Van Dijk should, should be going because they don't have double game weeks and there's defenders in the same price range that can that have a double game week. That's my first opinion. Regarding uh, rotation, I mentioned already Liverpool with the Champions League and the Derby. So these are, you know, three big games, the Derby and the two legs. Will there be rotation? I hope not as a Liverpool fan. Um, I don't know. I hope he puts the best team out to, w- to win a game and then take the players off rather than ro- resting. Uh, Arsenal is a different story. We know Boomerang is not playing in Europe, so he's not going to be rotated. However, as Dale mentioned already, and we touched on it, people like Ramsey being rested, Mkhitaryan is playing in Europe, and the further they go, why wouldn't he not rest it? I mean, let's, let's be honest, we, we already said they're not going to get top four. Why risk him? He can put... Uh, other midfielders in, in, in the Premier League. Um, I've got my eye on Monreal because I like him as a player and with attacking potential, but I'm going to be watching, you know, seeing what Arsenal do and how far they go in Europa to, to decide what I do with Monreal. So watch out for Arsenal. Um, Liverpool out, for me, up to double game week 34 and then swap players. Good stuff. Thanks, Um Dale, last one of our listener questions was um, Mohutsu was asking a defensive question. Um, and he was just wondering, basically, as, as Maris mentioned there, to do with Arsenal. Um, he's wondering, is it worth dropping Arsenal defenders for similarly out-of-form Chelsea ones as they have the double-double? Or is it better yet to go for a United double-up or a double-double-double <laughs> with a, with a, for better chances of scoring? points. Um, what do you think is the safest Man City defenders as well? So Mohutsu was all defensive um, this game week. So, I mean, I wouldn't be swapping Arsenal defenders for Chelsea defenders. No way. Um, I think with this question, it's all, it's touching on, you can apply this to like every position as well. It's touching on something I've said. Arsenal and Chelsea and United all have eight games left. So you just to, to a point, you disregard, unless you've like got your free hit or whatever, you disregard the fact that they've got a double-double or whatever. They've got eight games. If you're bringing in those types of players, they're premium players, you're probably going to keep them from now till game week 38. So what you do is you you, you look at who you think is going to perform the best over the next eight weeks. I mean, I'd, if I had to choose, it'd be Arsenal and United defenders, but with the Arsenal defenders, it's who's going to play because yeah. they're, playing, they're going to be playing for the Europa League. So, yeah, that's how I'd be looking at it, not just because don't be blinded by the double game weeks. That's all that's all that's it. And uh, tell us a um, quick answer on this one. Um, who would be your best or safest Man City defenders? Are, you, are there any of them that you're kind of, that you're considering worthwhile? Um, do you know, I'd look at when he comes back, Mendy, because he'll play every game. Yeah, if when he does come back, I, I haven't heard any quick, update on him. But uh... quick one on Man City, just watch what happens and when they win the league, because once they win the league against United, I can see rotation. Then Danilo becomes an option. He's five mil, and I can see him playing in the league. So yeah, he's the cheapest. Good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, and he's a, he's a good attacking player as well. Yeah. Um, brilliant stuff, fellas. That's at the end. That's the end of our listener question section. So um, we'll move on to our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks. 
um, you know the drill, looking at your own team. I'll come to our guest coach first. So um, looking at your own team, who are you going to be picking if you want to make the conservative choice? That's the Barlow. And who are you going to go for if you're feeling frisky? That's our Baldwin captain pick. I'm always feeling frisky. So, um, <laughs> Ooh, um, all, the, all the girls, all the girls are quaking at that one, coach. Oh, no, don't say that. I'm married. <laughs> um, right. No, um, so I've, I've already got a Bamiang. So I did the, I did the transfer early to avoid the price rise. So, um, so Josh King went out and a Bamiang came in. So they've got Stoke at home. So I'm going to be captaining a Bamiang. Um, look at my team, maybe probably, um, Mares as the Baldwin pick. Um, yeah, Mares, Baldwin. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, why not? Um, and Mares, come to you next. Who's your Barlow and who's your Baldwin? Uh, yeah, I agree with coach on the Barlow. Uh, oh, Boomerang has got a really good fixture. If you don't want to go Salah, of course. Um, and my bold win is Kennedy against Huddersfield at home, if you're feeling really frisky. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into a bit of stats for this Kennedy chap. Ask ask our third amigo what happened when you put him on the bench last week. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we agreed to. not to speak on that one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dale, who are you going to go for, Barlow and Bowen? Uh, Barlow, yeah, I agree with the lads. Bamiyang. Baldwin, I'll go with Son because I'm bringing him in. And I might actually captain him. Yeah, I think uh, I think we better check the the spices that are in your press, Dale. If you went with Son yeah. as your captain, you know the yeah. funny thing I is, like Dale. I'm actually thinking of benching him. I've I've got in my in my team right now. I'm looking at it three four three. Um, and I've put Kennedy ahead of Son because I, uh, it's between Son and William, and who goes on the bench? <laughs> you made, you're you what, with I was, my head. I was talking with Fire in DM right about Son. And he sent me one of his tweets and it showed you to the day that Harry Kane got injured and then Song came in and, and just had a stormer. And it, it's the exact same thing. And I, I just, I, do you know what? My season's over, so I may as well just have a gamble. Yeah, so, I'm not going to, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't captain him, but I'm not going to bench him. I'm leaving him on my team, definitely. He's he's my first sub at the moment, until I, unless I change my mind and I go with a cheaper third forward. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting yeah. chat next week, lads, when we're talking about it. Um, lovely stuff. I'll probably um, I'm going with Obi Miang as as you mentioned as well. I just have to get in the main. It'll be for a hit, so I'll hopefully capitalise on that. Um, of course, Lukaku versus Swansea. Some people would probably be um, considering him if they're after bringing him in as well. But um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few nice enough fixtures this game week. But um, Obi Miang would might be my one. Um, and as far as uh, as far as my risky one, I can't really put Salah down as a risky pick, but I'll put Bobby Firmino down as my risky one against Crystal Palace. I'll take great pleasure if they gave that uh, that Wally Hodgson if they gave him a nice uh, a nice tanking at the weekend. I'm genuinely worried about that game. Well, genuinely worried, probably as much as the derby, just because I hate Palace away, and yeah, they suddenly see they've they've just found form at the right time as well. We should yeah. we should be winning that game, but let's see. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I am right and it's a Tonkin and your your uh, worry is is undeserved. I hope Lads, so. That's, Can I just give yeah. one? Just sorry, I noticed one thing for game week thirty two because it's after the internationals and people might be worried about uh, players being rested at benching. All the South American players, uh, Asians, so thinking about Son, Key, etc. They're all playing in Europe. 
So this week, this international break, we don't have to worry about them coming back from long distances. Brilliant stuff, fellas. Um, that's all we got time for tonight on the Three Amigos FBL show. Thanks a million to this week's honorary amigo, the FBL coach, who you all, of course, follow at FBL coach. Uh, thank to you all for listening, uh, sharing and liking the pod and get following our group Twitter account at Three Amigos FPL, Mars at Mars05, Dale at Chef Dale H and myself at FPL Marple. Um, of course, our usual request is um, the Reddit community. When you do see our podcast in the in the lineup there, please do give us an upvote. Thanks a million for listening. Booyah. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.